0: Hi my name's Mara. This episode of the Radioactive Show was recorded and produced on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri and Kaurna people for 3CR Melbourne. BHP is once again proposing to expand its operations at Olympic Dam in South Australia. If approved the expansion would increase BHP's already significant impacts on land, water, culture and wildlife. On this week's show, we hear from independent environmental campaigner, David Noonan, who outlines the numerous flaws and potential impacts of the proposal. Hi David, thank you for joining us on the Radioactive Show today.
1: I appreciate the opportunity.
0: It's great to have your BHP brain with us because you do a lot of work keeping your eyes on them. They're planning another expansion of Olympic Dam in South Australia. Can you explain what the proposal is?
1: Well, BHP, the world's largest mining company, operating Olympic Dam by far the most influential mine in South Australia, are proposing a major underground mining expansion. They spent some years after buying the mine in 2005 proposing a massive open pit program. Uh, They abandoned that in 2012. It was simply cost ineffective and perhaps it was always impractical. They are still trying to lock uh, Australia into decades of further uranium sales by increasing production at Olympic Dam, perhaps up to 75%, certainly in terms of copper, they're looking at that. Um, they certainly are looking at the project largely as, in terms of copper economics, with having, uh, through, partly through their own fueling the Fukushima nuclear disaster, they crashed the uranium price around the world and it stayed that way. Uh, so they are primarily now looking at Olympic Dam in terms of copper economics.
0: Also, there's a bit of a switch from uranium to copper, at least on paper.
1: Well, well, both on paper and in the propaganda, they're, they're talking about this as copper for the future is, is largely how they're talking about it, where they used to talk about uh, uranium fuel for the future. And they've, they've sort of abandoned some of those propaganda relations as well. Uh, it's, it's important in a number of terms in that by the end of this year, South Australia will be the only state in Australia that's actually conducting uranium mining with the closure of uh, Ranger in the Northern Territory. Um, with our colleagues in WA having held off, proposed new uranium projects there, Mm. uh, Australia's uranium responsibilities will sum back nearly entirely, principally to BHP. They are the ones responsible then for uranium going on to unresolved nuclear waste and nuclear risks and impacts around the world.
0: Mm. Um, What are the potential impacts of the proposal on the environment, particularly in terms of water consumption?
1: Well, BHP are proposing a massive expansion of their uh, extraction, their take of water from the Gratitian Basin. They're, they're demanding rights to take 50, an average of 50 million litres a day every day on average for the next 25 years. Uh, they want to lock in those rights ahead of time. They've applied uh, through the South Australian Government and the Commonwealth. The the SA Government gave them major project status back in February, last, uh, February of um, last year and they're, they're now at the stage of the company uh, having guidelines set by government and the company haven't gone off to provide a draft environmental impact statement that could come back in a year's time for a 30-day public consultation. But these, these uh, assumed rights to take water from the Great Teeshan Basin partly also follow from Olympic Dam being operated under a 1982 indenture a set of legal privileges to the company that should be repealed.
0: Mm, they should because it gives them all sorts of privileges that aren't extended to everybody else.
1: Well, that indenture overrides virtually all other South Australian legislation, mm. and it gives standalone arrangements to BHP's best interests. And mm. um, that's the case with water. It's the case with tailings management. Um, in in regard to water, the the uh, proposed extraction by BHP from the Great Dividing Basin is a really significant threat to the ongoing uh, survivability of the springs. These are um, recognised as an endangered ecological community listed under federal environment legislation. They are of really significant cultural value. To traditional owners. So it's a human rights issue for the people who, who are the custodians of that region mm. that BHPs water take should be prevented.
0: What say do the traditional owners have?
1: Well, while I can't speak for traditional owners, there's a number of points I could make. They should have an absolute right to what the UN declared in 2001 under a Declaration of Indigenous Rights for, for, to free, prior, and informed consent. That should be the standard that applies in Australia. Uh, Back at the time, the Howard government in 2001 voted against Indigenous rights at the UN and federal labour are yet to commit to free, prior and informed consent as to how they'll govern in Australia if they return to office after the next federal election. But we as an environment movement, we as civil society, um, we as allies with... Uh, traditionalist owners across Australia, we should have the, the standard expectation on mining companies such as BHP to provide free, prior and informed consent. And that's certainly not what BHP are doing. And there are similarities here to what Rio Tinto did in WA in exploding that mm. those Caves uh, cultural heritage site. Uh, Rio Tinto claimed a right under uh, an earlier legal grant from 2013. Well, BHP are claiming rights under legal grants from back as far as 1982 that override the Aboriginal Heritage Act in South Australia that give BHP the rights to decide what and how cultural heritage matters are protected, as to what provisions apply to cultural heritage. Aboriginal people in SA were regarding Olympic Dam and an area referred to as the Stuart Shelf. It's some 12,000 square kilometres, perhaps 1% of the total area of South Australia. They don't have comparable Aboriginal heritage rights and process as uh, other people have around the rest of the state because BHP are holding on to these outdated legal privileges.
0: Mm. And the rights that are held by people that aren't affected by the Indenture Act are minimal at best. So it's undermining what's already a bit weak.
1: And BHP are claiming uh, that they're assuming that they have consent agreements uh, with traditional owners that cover this mine expansion. And they're they're making that claim on the basis of of, uh, matters from an earlier decade when they came, uh, probably influenced with some force, you would expect to traditional owners around the then open pit mine expansion. BHP are trying to use agreements from an earlier decade. They're trying to use what are now near four-decade old legal terms to impose on traditional owners a set of terms for this mine expansion that certainly would not apply if free, prior, and informed consent was to be granted. Mm-hmm. And there are specific issues too. There are a range of pastoral properties that BHP have brought up around the mine area that should be given over as title and lease to traditional owners to, to decide themselves as to how they run them, whether they run some cattle, conduct some environmental protection, practice culture and country. They should all be matters for the cook the local traditional owners to decide, and BHP should really have no part in that from now on.
0: Mm, absolutely. Um, Moving on from traditional owners a bit to the workers. In the recent briefing papers that I will be putting up on our Radioactive Show webpage, you mentioned risks to worker safety. Can you explain a bit about that?
1: Well, BHP certainly are taking risks with worker safety at Olympic Dam, and that's twofold. Primarily uh, in in a major context, it's to do with the the tailings dams. BHP had to declare mid-last year that of four... Extreme consequence tailing dams that they operate in Australia. Three of them are actually at Olympic Dam. Uh, th- these are dams that uh, have a failure potential that could potentially cause a loss of life of some 100 BHP employees. That could cause irrecoverable environmental impacts, and that could cause losses and costs to BHP and, and to society of, uh, in the order of one billion dollars US. They're the criteria that the Australian Large Dam Committee applies to the facilities at Olympic Dam under this category of extreme consequence tailing dams. Um, BHP had the experience in Brazil uh, back in 2015, a major catastrophe at uh, Samarco, a jointly conducted uh, operation with BHP in Brazil. Um, they have not learned from that experience. They were very slow to make a declaration about their existing extreme consequence tailing dams in Australia and particularly at Olympic Dam. And they've gone on to gain approval for a, a massive new extreme consequence tailing dam uh, tailing storage facility number six. And these these are extreme uh, safety concerns for workers' issues. Uh, the BHP has had to acknowledge from mid-last year um, that three of the existing uh, tailings dams at Olympic Dam have the potential to cause fatality to some 100 BHP employees in a catastrophic failure event. Um, but more than that, they've gone on. They knew that for some three years beforehand. and uh, They kept the matter secret. They didn't include... That evidence in their applications to the Commonwealth Government, for instance, in mid last year, in applying for a federal environmental approval for tailings storage facilities fix. Um, and they've kept civil society from being able to have a proper appraisal of those issues, those threats to worker safety, and they've prevented any comprehensive safety risk assessment of all of the uh, tailings facilities at Olympic Dam existing and proposed. So they've used their influence through arrangements um, with state and federal government so, that they haven't faced scrutiny either on uh, worker safety protection issues in the tailing stands, and they haven't faced uh, any public environmental impact assessment to date. They've even got the South Australian government to exclude coverage of Tailing Storage Facility 6 from this major uh, mine expansion impact assessment process that's now underway in South Australia.
0: So, in effect, is it essentially like they get to regulate themselves a little bit? They kind of get to set the rules because they've got well, so very much influence. Much. It,
1: it, they have, they have a very high level of influence and they have a, an explicit set of outdated, untenable, to be honest, legal privileges from 1982 that they use at the, in the state level at, at, in that context. But they have a very high level of influence, obviously, with the federal Liberal government. And it was the case that the federal uh, environment minister gave approval last year to the, the, uh, the referral application for tailing storage facility 6. Without any public environmental impact assessment, and um, even without any conditions being set by the minister as to how the BHP had to operate that massive tailings facility. <music>
0: You're listening to The Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We're speaking with independent environmental campaigner David Noonan about BHP's latest plans to expand Olympic Dam for yet another toxic tailings dam.
1: It's proposed to be larger in area than the CBD, the Central District, Business District of Adelaide. It's proposed to um, pile tailings up to a height of some 30 metres. That's equivalent to the height of perhaps a nine-storey building at the centre of the, of the pile. And these radioactive tailings are ground to powder. They need to be isolated from the environment for in the order of you know, over 10,000 years. They retain some 80% of the radioactivity from the original ore that's mined at Olympic Dam, including a third of the uranium that goes out in the tails. Um, there's some, perhaps well over now, 180 million tonnes of tailings accumulated at Olympic Dam. It's a near intractable environmental threat long-term to the future of all generations, traditional owner and other Australians. And BHP have so far been able to get this approval for tailing storage six without even facing uh, a full safety impact assessment. It's quite extraordinary that state and federal governments allow the company that level of influence in our society.
0: It's astonishing and irresponsible environmentally and disrespectful to the traditional owners.
1: They're, they're, uh, the, the BHP had to acknowledge that the uh, irrecoverable environmental impacts that could result from a catastrophic failure of their tailings facilities, at Olympic Dam, include that the tailings could move across the mine site, uh, across a, a backfill quarry, and actually flow onto and, and, in, and into uh, one of the one of the required mine declines that are a major access to the, the underground mining facility, uh, and that's presumably where. Uh, BHP consultants back in 2016 privately advised the company that they, the company faced this potential death rate of up to 100 of their employees. Prior to that time, they operated Olympic Dam for a decade uh, without knowing that their own tailings facilities uh, had that potential to cost the lives of 100 of their employees. They had claimed that there could be no potential loss of life as recently as constructing a major tailings facility in 2011. Yet, 2015, they have a disaster in Brazil. 2016, they have a a, a tailings review across the world, and they have private reports to them to themselves. But we've accessed some of through the South Australian Greens under freedom of information that show the company knew for three full years that Olympic Dam was operating under the basis of these extreme consequence tailings dams before there was a first public disclosure in June of last year.
0: Yet they still have this amazing influence over government and seem to be able to do whatever they like.
1: And partly they're doing what they like now in a bill the South Australian government have put to the parliament. Uh, It's a so-called Radiation Protection and Control Act. Um, There's very little protection and the control, unfortunately, in regard to Olympic Dam, has reverted again. It's just rolled over to the uh, original 1982 indenture that that BHP have retained uh, in their legal privileges at Olympic Dam. So this is the South Australian government, the Minister for Environment, David Spears, a good fellow in other contexts, putting a bill to parliament to... um, to change the legal arrangements that conduct for radiation control in SA, SO. uh, when the indenture was brought in, in 82, there was a second act, the, the Radiation Protection and Control Act of 82, brought in to regulate uranium mining and mineral processing in SA, SO, primarily to do with Olympic Dam. That act has never been reformed and reviewed, so this is the first time that legislation has actually reached the parliament. And that perhaps those matters will be resolved even as soon as June this year with the bill to go to debate in the South Australian Upper House, the Legislative Council, next week.
0: I know that the Greens in SA will be batting for appropriate changes. Are there any particular changes you would like to see made?
1: Well, there's at least half a dozen. <laughs> um, but there are key concerns about uh, worker safety in regard to outdated 1991-era in this case, radiation exposure limits. Um, BHP employees that work underground at Olympic Dam already face significant potentially increased cancer risks. Um, Very major international epidemiological studies from 2015 on have shown that um, uranium mine workers face, and nuclear industry workers in general, face radiation health impacts that are some double the risk of, from cancer risks alone. So there is an increasing evidence, scientific evidence, new, new knowledge through epidemiological studies that, uh, Olympic Dam is operating under long outdated radiation standards and radiation protection limits in regard to worker safety. Now, you would, you would assume that that, that evidence would lead the South Australian government and the company to reform the standards and the limits and to set new regulatory requirements, but quite the opposite is being done. This bill before the South Australian Parliament actually prohibits South Australia from applying a more stringent worker safety standard, more stringent uh, protection exposure limits than what are exist currently in our outdated national codes. And they're well aware that there's a, a strong degree of inertia at international and national levels, so we're not expecting reform of these national codes anytime soon. But the legislation in SA tries to lock in uh, existing arrangements to do with the 1982 indenture up to 2036. So you've got a, a new Act of Parliament. The old Act the old act from 82 is to be done away with. We have a new Act, but it will be unfit for the 2020s and it will uh, assume to lock in legal privileges to BHP right through to 2036, including to prevent South Australia from applying a, a safer, more stringent standard for worker safety in terms of radiation exposure. Given that we know they're now facing uh, some double-the-risk just ban the risk in cancer alone, um, it's really quite unacceptable that, that the Minister of the Government are, um, so far unwilling in regards to the bill as, as presented to reform those significant matters of worker safety. It's
0: astonishing. And who put this bill forward? Where has it come from?
1: Well, uh, the, 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 the Act uh, should have been reformed a long time ago. and it's, also, really? you know, it's a matter for South Australian Labor to answer as to why they never actually achieved doing that when they were in office in 2000 through to 2018. It's the current Liberal government in the first term of office, um, South Australia's Environment Minister, David Spears. Radiation protection and control comes under the environment portfolio. Uh, this bill is supposed to bring in new state legislation, a 2020 Act for radiation protection and control. And yet it has these long-outdated legal privileges to be retained. Um, it prevents application of... Um, a more stringent safety standard. It goes further than that in regard to the the overall mining operations at Olympic Dam in terms of radiation control. It actually prevents the minister from applying new conditions or strengthening existing conditions that that are governing Olympic Dam without BHP having the option to take difference with that and to require that the minister have to go to an external arbitrator over the proposed changes in the conditions under which BHP operate the mine. It even goes so far as to say that the minister... Uh, has to agree with the decision of this external arbitrator if BHP take difference, take issue with any strengthening of safety or other uh, radiation control provisions that the Minister for Environment might choose over time to apply at Olympic Dam. You think that that's giving up What we assume is the normal course of conduct in Australia where ministerial executive government make decisions on behalf of the public interest in elected governments put in by the majority in an election. But in the case of Olympic Dam, that's, that's not proposed to be what happens in South Australia through to 2036 where BHP will have these um, untenable legal privileges and the right to effectively to take the minister to arbitration to prevent any strengthening of standards under which they operate.
0: Astonishing, given the impacts that this can potentially and probably likely will have on people, culture and the environment. And this is happening at the the same time as the Federal Environment Act is being reviewed Um, and there has been talk that there are people wanting to remove the nuclear trigger from the Environment Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act. What are the potential impacts here if the nuclear trigger is removed?
1: Well, on the one hand, uh, uranium mining is listed under federal legislation from 1999 as a matter of national environmental significance. Uh, That means that the protected matter under federal environment law is the environment. It's defined as the whole environment. And that requires then uh, environmental impact assessment on a whole of environment basis, um, social, economic, environmental, um, radiation control, obviously, but it's it's one of the strongest measures for environmental protection and assessment that exists under Commonwealth law, and the, certainly the Mining Minerals Council of Australia want to do away with that. Um, So on the one hand, there are very strong measures in federal environmental legislation, but to be honest, the the law itself is flawed because it gives a discretion to the minister as to whether they apply those protections or not. And we've seen that in the current uh, federal environment minister deciding to approve BHP's massive new tailing storage facility 6 without even um, setting any conditions under federal environmental law and without requiring any public environmental impact assessment on BHP's proposal. So on the one hand, the existing law carry some strong powers. It's flawed in that it's left up to ministerial discretion as to whether they're ever applied to protect the environment. Um, And we have then business lobbies such as the Minerals Council of Australia trying to downgrade that yet again um, to make it pretty well a free-for-all for the mining companies to do more than what they already do in terms of what they please and for states then to have far more than just the assessment role, but to have the decision role in what projects go ahead and under what terms and conditions when matters are acknowledged to to affect uh, national environmental significance.
0: Mm, It's all quite astonishing. What would you suggest is a better way forward than the the proposed expansion of Olympic Dam?
1: Well, we could put forward quite a few, and there are briefing papers conducted... put together by the joint national environment groups, um, Australian Conservation Foundation, Friends of the Earth Australia and Conservation SA from South Australia. Um, and some of the, the matters are obvious. They should be a repeal of the 1982 indenture, the, what's called the radiation protection, it's the, uh, the Roxbury Downs Indenture Ratification Act from 1982. There should be very significant reform of the radiation protection control legislation in South Australia. Um, there should be a clear requirement on BHP to safeguard the Great Atitian Basin Waters and the, the springs that are of Uh, ecological importance and of of really fundamental cultural value and significance to traditional owners. uh, Part of the current assessment is that BHP have to conduct an assessment of a potential alternative buying water supply and we want to see them have to take that very seriously so that both their operations and other proposals to expand mining in North South Australia don't continue to impact vegetation-based water and risk springs. Um, they should have to conduct, absolutely have to conduct a comprehensive full safety risk assessment of tailings dams, at Olympic dam, uh, all of the existing facilities and the proposed expansions, uh, tailing storage facility six, and whatever other tailings expansion that the company has in mind that might be revealed uh, in the draft environmental impact statement to come out next year. More than that, again, there is opportunity here. Now that uh, in the near future, South Australia will be the only state in Australia actually conducting uranium mining. There is opportunity at Olympic Dam for them to retain all of the uranium on site and to become, uh, you know, to conduct their business on copper sales with some gold and silver. There's no technical reason why they can't retain uranium on site, and that would uh, hold Australia back from furthering the very significant nuclear impacts around the globe. We've had the experience of Australian uranium for both Ranger and Rockspeed fueling the Fukushima nuclear disaster.
0: Precisely. And really
1: significant, yeah, really significant social um, life and environmental impact on the Japanese community. Um, we shouldn't be a part of that, and there is opportunity uh, for BHP to configure BHP, the Olympic Dam operation through this mine expansion so they don't separate out and sell uranium.
0: Mm, keep it in the ground is the best option. Um, well, that all sounds very, very logical, and it's it's astonishing that the government just lets BHP do whatever they like, but this is what we have. Is there anything that people who are opposed to this proposal can do?
1: Well, in the near term, the South Australian ALP um, should give a commitment for there to be a committee of inquiry uh, on the bill that the, the Liberal government in SA has put forward in terms of radiation control, and the LP should commit to a whole suite of amendments to that, legislation that are sorely needed to bring it bring it into the 2020s. We, we can't have um, unsafe worker safety, worker standards applied in terms of radiation exposure limits and standards. Uh, we can't have this continued proliferation of extreme consequence tailing stands at Olympic Dam. Um, there are really significant uh, Questions for BHP and both South Australian and federal governments to answer as to how they've been addressing the public interest in these matters across environmental protection, cultural heritage, Aboriginal heritage protection, um, not just to do with the, including to do with the springs, but to do with cultural heritage across the whole of the Olympic Dam operation. Um, worker safety, transparency and accountability are really fundamental matters that civil society should expect in terms of what companies, mining companies claim to have a social licence to operate. Well, civil society need to pull that back and put it in proper terms. It should be, for instance, in terms of free, prior and informed consent for traditional owners. Mm-hmm. And there should be a really significant assessment of alternate mine supply to protect the Grunitian Basin and the Springs. They should have to take this opportunity to design Olympic dam without uranium sales. Otherwise, BHP are going to have to wear all of the significant impacts of Australia's uranium sales deals, and they're they're expanding. They're due to expand around the world. Um, successive federal governments have given agreements, sales agreements, to sell uranium on to India, which is the new course standoff with Pakistan, to sell uranium in, to the United Arab Emirates in the Gulf, um, a volatile region, the Middle East. We've seen you know, attacks on power facilities in uh, Saudi Arabia recently that went unanswered. Why should Australian uranium be fueling nuclear reactors in the Gulf and the Middle East? And that uranium would have to come in, in the future from BHP. That'll be the only uranium operation going in Australia in the short term from, from soon on.
0: Is there anything else that you'd like to mention that we haven't covered?
1: Well, I, I think it's a, it's a fundamental challenge to civil society that the mining companies are trying to get away with these this set of uh, privileges. We've seen Rio Tinto blowing up Aboriginal heritage in WA. We're seeing BHP uh, try to get away with multi-decade outdated standards in terms of environmental regulation, radiation control, and even work and safety in terms of um, radiation exposure limits. Um, Someone has to pull it, someone has to rein this back in. Um, and it's largely going to have to come to civil society to do so, given the contemporary failures of particularly the federal Liberal government in terms of environment legislation.
0: Well, luckily in Australia, the um, anti-nuclear movement has had quite a few wins and a lot of persistence over the years. So hopefully we'll get some good outcomes and BHP can at least improve their behaviour and, if not, get shut down.
1: They well, we look forward to making them answer. <laughs>
0: David Noonan, thank you so very much for your time today. We really appreciate your time and insights. I know you keep a very close watch on VHP shenanigans in South Australia, so it's great to have your your insights about the situation. And we'll talk to you in the future to keep updated as things develop.
1: Thanks, for that. I appreciate your audience.
0: Thank you so much, David. You're welcome. Thanks so much to David Noonan for taking us through BHP's current proposal to expand operations at Olympic Dam. He has written some excellent briefing papers that you can find on our website, along with the Joint Environment Group submission and recommendations. There is also information available at nuclear.fo.org.au slash olympic-dam. We'll also post a link to information about the South Australian Radiation Protection and Control Bill that is currently before State Parliament. Thanks for listening to The Radioactive Show. You can download the podcast of this program at 3cr.org.au slash radioactive. We'll post relevant links on our Facebook page. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced with the support of Friends of the Earth's Ace Nuclear Free Collective on Wurundjeri and Garnaland for 3CR Melbourne and is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues.
2: COVID-19, no radiophone. you fought, you were left off the hook. Sorry, we need money to survive and you need a legal legitimate tax deduction before the end of the year. So we're having a June Solidarity Station Appeal so we can remain independent, community-owned and, believe it or not, radical during COVID-19. This is a great way to do what the rich and powerful do, support the charities that you like, like 3CR, and get a legal, legitimate tax deduction. If they can do it, you can do it. You can do it in a number of ways. You can go to the website, 3cr.org.au, follow the prompts, And for the dinosaurs out there like me, me, you can always send a cheque made out to 3CR to Post Office Box 1277. That's Post Office Box 1277, Collingwood 3066. And before you know it, you'll get your legal legitimate tax deduction. And remember all that COVID-19 extra money you've got for JobSeeker? Wow. Now that you live in the lap of luxury, maybe you'd like to put some into 3CR's pocket and you can feel really good about keeping 3CR on air. And also, put down your favourite program when you donate.